0: How's it going everyone welcome back to the sixth episode of critically incorrect gonna be a probably shorter episode this week just because new stories are pretty dry but nonetheless we got some pretty interesting topics to talk about i'm joined today by charlie if you want to introduce introduce yourself real quick yellow yeah, Yeah, so sadly Justin just is kind of busy this week with work and everything, completely understandable, so it's going to be a two-man podcast this week. I also really want to quickly say that next week most likely there won't be an episode out just because of the holiday season or there's not really going to be much to talk about um, as, you know, just tradition, so we'll meet you back here in two weeks' time. Most likely that will be a cool episode talking about, you know, our favorite games of the year. We'll probably do like a special episode all on, you know, 2020 in terms of gaming, so look forward to that. Um, While you're here, also make sure to submit your questions for that episode um, in the comment section down below or in our Discord. Uh, Besides that, Charlie, what have you been playing this week?
1: Uh, Well, much similar to last week, it's mainly been more Cyberpunk. Um, I'm near the 30 hour mark in the game now. I've basically not progressed the story since we last talked. I've been doing a lot of side stuff. Um, I completed one of the main kind of side mission chains with one of the side characters and their like romance option um, So that's pretty cool um, I'm really enjoying the game still um, I'm just taking my time with it really now that the Christmas holidays are, are coming up. I've got plenty of time to dive into the game um, And then just been playing a few multiplayer games. So Fall Guys I played a little bit of and a, a tiny bit of COD here and there for the new season and um, but other than that, it's yeah, mainly been cyberpunk.
0: Right on. Um, real quick, uh, that card update was that like the hundred gigabit one? Uh, no, it was
1: it was like uh seven gig for Cold okay. War, and then it was like twenty five for
0: Warzone, I think. Gotcha. Still so on it Twitter. wasn't too bad. That's good. That's good. Right on. Um, like you, yeah, I have been playing Cyberpunk this week. Uh, also like you, that's been mainly side missions. Um, in the middle of Act Two still, and I've just mainly been doing. Uh, The side missions, not to spoil anything, you know, the Delamar, you know, cabs, those kind of missions, and other cool um, activities around Night City, kind of just taking my time, and ultimately I actually like doing the side missions, because it lets you upgrade your character more, so then when you do the main story missions, you have um, higher stats, which gives you kind of more opportunities to work with. Um, Really much enjoying the game, Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit, I'm just really into the story and um can't wait to play more of that i also was able to go back to demon souls this week um it was only for like a few hours i did manage to beat three more bosses i'm near the end of the game i mean i've beaten the game as many of you know like what two months ago or so on the ps3 so this is kind of just like me going through it again with the remake this time um just kind of taking my time obviously once i beat that i feel like that's like a major blow to my ps5 catalog to play right now um but yeah, I've been really enjoying that, making more progress on that game. Still, like, easily my favorite PS5 game, I'd say. Um, yeah, we played Fall Guys Season 3. I played that yesterday with Charlie. Um, I played some Back for Blood, which we'll have kind of our own segment later mm-hmm. on in this episode yeah. to talk about, which has been pretty interesting. Um, yeah, that's been about it. I imagine I'll be able to play more this upcoming week now that I'm finishing up finals. And, um more free time is coming as obviously the holidays are here, so that'll be nice. So, yeah, I guess we'll get into the releases this week, as we hinted at earlier. Fall Guys Season Three dropped this week, added seven new levels, um, and ultimately, I believe that's going to be going on for I imagine what like two more months. That's traditionally what Fall Guys yeah, seasons generally about two months. Yeah. Among Us was announced during the Nintendo Switch uh, Direct, right, it was the Indie Direct and actually got released that day. So yeah, Among Us is now on Nintendo Switch if you're looking into that. And then GTA Online got its big casino update, or KO Perico Heist, actually, update, not casino. This is essentially the first update that takes you away from Los Santos. It actually has, like, its own kind of island, which is pretty interesting. I know my brother's been playing it. He's been liking it. Um, I haven't really heard the general consensus on this. I know some people are saying the island's kind of bare bones. But, yeah, it's GTA Online. Rockstar um, continuing to support that game going into 2021. Crazy. Anyways, uh, did you have any updates or any thoughts on those um, releases this week, Charlie? I don't want to, like, cut um, you
1: off. Yeah, I mean, like, Fall Guys, obviously, like we said, we've been playing that a little bit. Um, mm. It's just more Full Guys, really. There's nothing really to add with that. Um, Among Us, like, is really cool that it's come on a console, but for me, I, I play it on PC when I do, so it's not a big deal. I'm more interested to see... Um, because i know they announced it for xbox as well this week so oh, hope yeah so they they um brought it out on game pass for pc and they also announced it's coming to xbox next year so hopefully we'll get a playstation release as well and it'll all get crossplay because that'd be really good because i've got some mates that are having to play it on mobile when we play which is obviously not ideal um so hopefully they'll have some crossplay for it next year as well should be good
0: I have a question. As the boomer that I am, I don't really play Among Us. Like, I'm interested in playing it. Is it a game that you, like, need a full group of friends to play? Or can you play, like, with a friend or two in, like, a random lobby to play?
1: I So whenever I play, it's with a group of friends. We don't play with randoms. Mainly because voice chat is the best part about the game. And so, like, if you get to the end of the round and having to type out what you think to the people online, it's kind of a pain. Yeah. Um. So typically we, we only play if there's at least like six of us with like one imposter. If we have more, then we'll do like two imposters. Um, but yeah, it's it's better when you've got a, a big group of friends. Yeah. Um, but if they had like proximity chat or something, um, that'd be really cool. But I, I don't know if they'd do something like that purely because they want to keep it as, you know, probably PG as they can. Yeah, I imagine.
0: I played it like, I think I played like an hour of Among Us with some friends like about a month ago or so. It was pretty fun. Um, I do want to try it out a bit more, we'll see. Um, Anyways, yeah, going into gaming news, mainly this week has been a lot of CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk news, obviously, you know, considering the state that it launched in on consoles. There's been, like, a very big dumpster fire on the internet um, on CD Projekt Red. A lot of it is, you know, deserved based on, you know, decisions that the executives made. Um, But, yeah, besides that, uh, it's been just kind of a show online. Uh, It's actually gotten to the point where now, as of now, PSN doesn't even list Cyberpunk 2077. PlayStation kind of did their own, they even like made their own website kind of page for it, essentially where everyone can submit uh, requests refunds for it. Essentially, I think earlier this week, PlayStation was kind of a little bit under fire because they were denying um, requests for refunds. Um, But it got to a point where they kind of just opened it for everyone, they're like, here, if you want a refund, you can get one. Um, They did their whole marketing spiel, you know, PR, where they're like, at PlayStation, we value your customer experience here on the console. Um, and essentially just said, yeah, if we're allowing pre-orders, we're delisting it as of the time being until, you know, CD Projekt Red patches it further. I believe Xbox also opened up their, you know, refund policies on that. Retail stores are now starting to open up their policies as well with, I know Best Buy for sure, at least until the 21st, they're opening um, refunds for open copies. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy the, you know, state of the console version of cyberpunk uh do you have any thoughts on everything going on with like cd project red i know they've been given like daily updates as of now it's kind of like a statement every hour
1: i think the most important thing for them when it comes to these situations is communication and at first they were not great with that i i don't think they were very clear up front and i think they know that now and so they're trying to be as transparent as possible which is really good um And the fact that they are allowing refunds and, you know, working with Sony and Microsoft to actually get it done is really good to see. Um, Interestingly, it hasn't been delisted on Xbox yet, and I have heard some people say that that could be because they have got the marketing deal and Xbox still want to try and make money out of that. Who knows? Um, But it is interesting that it hasn't been delisted on there yet. Um, So they're still accepting sales. Um, whereas PlayStation are obviously just, it's not on the store right now. So
0: it's good. Like PlayStation's response to that is kind of unheard of. Like, I don't think that's ever really happened to a main AAA title. Like you could throw any buggy Ubisoft game, hell even fallout 76, given the state that that launched in. I don't think any game of this size has ever been delisted off. So that's kind of a new, uh, situation here. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, I think this is probably the biggest
1: game that has, had this many problems at launch. Like, say what you will about Fallout 76, the game worked. Um, At least at launch, you know, it was buggy, but it ran okay, and you could play the game, but right now, on base PS4 and Xbox One, the game is basically unplayable. Like, the frame rates that it runs at and the way it looks is just... It's (laughs) it's just not satisfactory at all. Um, So, to me, it's no surprise it got delisted. Um I have heard some people complain that nothing's really been said about PC but the thing is Steam already had their like obviously 2 hour refund policy. Yeah. Um and I think most people who are playing on PC can agree that if um you've got the hardware to run it the game is is a lot better than on console. Exactly. Um, so if if you know what your hardware is on PC you know what you're buying into so it's a little bit different of a situation.
0: Yeah, it's playable on PC like you still have issues but Um, mainly the issues I've run into are like visual issues. Like Johnny will have a cigarette in his hand and then he'll move into like a different part of the room while I'm talking to him and the cigarette will just be floating in the air. Yeah. That's literally, that's literally like the extent of a lot of my bugs. Um, there's also like some weird stuff that traditional open world games were like I'll be like driving to a like a mission and all of a sudden I'll get called by someone else and they're like all talking at the same time over each other. Yeah. So like that's like a lack of polish really. Um but yeah, it's not to the extent of consoles at least. And as you said, PC has had the best refund policies, mainly, you know, for the last few years it's been consoles that have kinda needed to step up in that way. Um, As you noted, Steam has their, what, two hour policy, or yeah, two hour playtime policy within 14 days of buying the product. So, literally, you can buy anything you want. They're pretty quick at it. Like, my experience with them has been within a few hours, they'll refund me. Um, It's been a pretty good process. So, hopefully, you know, this will be the start of maybe, you know, refund policies being a bit, you know, looser on console. Um, That's kind of hopeful thinking. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. I just really hope that, you know, Currently everything that CD Projekt's read, you know, they're trying to essentially cover their credibility as a developer. It doesn't really matter about Cyberpunk anymore, it kind of matters about, you know, them as a studio, because they've been making some really shady and, you know, controversial moves here lately, so it's all about kind of their perception to the gaming industry right now. Um, Many people have been comparing this to No Man's Sky for decent reasons, I guess, obviously, considering both came out very different states. Um, I do find that comparison a bit weird because this is more of like a technical issue. While like No Man's Sky didn't deliver on things it promised, um, I know there are been like certain things that have been cut out of um, Cyberpunk 2077, but a lot of it is mainly like technical issues, right? So we'll see here. I imagine hopefully this time next year, Cyberpunk 2077 will have a better reputation. It's really shitty to see this because like honestly the game's really great in my opinion. So yeah, it honestly sucks. I never would have expected that it would have been this bad. Like. No one could have expected it to be this bad. It's kind of crazy. Anyways, um, since Justin isn't here, I guess we'll talk about Half-Life <laughs> Alex. Yeah, me and Charlie have played Half-Life Alex earlier this year, and definitely is one of I'd say it's you know one of the best games this year. Um, hasn't really been talked about much, but Gamespot did their Game of the Year this year. Um, they just did it this week and talked about you know the different games that they've loved. Half-Life Alex made it to number one and we got to talk about it because I feel like this is definitely one of the most underrated games this year considering it's VR and all that so I don't know Charlie you're kind of this is your baby so if you want to introduce this <laughs> yeah, a bit I, know, right? mm-hmm. um,
1: I mean I was honestly so shocked when I saw it on Twitter like it mm-hmm. was really unexpected. Like it popped up and was like, "Our game of the year is is Half Life Alex." I think the way Gamespot do it is they they ask all their like reviewers for their game of the year, and then they basically just say eight out of ten people picked uh, X game, and so that one wins. I'm I think that's how they they tend to do it at Gamespot. I'm not sure if it's the same at IGN. IGN um, I know does that process for sure. Okay. Um. So it seems like a lot of the staff members really liked half life alex which is great um when thinking about it i guess it kind of makes sense because they'll have a lot of the reviewers will probably have access to have, have played it because um, they probably had headsets in in the company and stuff and they were probably letting people use them in in the offices when they were there um so yeah i i th- think it's very deserving of it i'm glad to see that it's it's getting some some recognition especially after you know it's poor showing at, at game awards, yeah, um, which was sad to see, but to be expected. Um, so it's it's really nice to to see it get this recognition, um, especially after <laughs> years upon years of of development and speculation, and it managed to, at least for me, live up to the the hype that it delivered. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like you, yeah. So I was surprised. I think you liked the tweet, so Twitter put it on my timeline. Um, I'm not sure if I follow GameSpot or not. But yeah, I saw it pulled up, and I was like, what? Is this like a Valve News Network tweet or something like that? And I'm like, what? It's actually GameSpot? And I'm like, damn, okay. So yeah, Yeah. like you said, yeah, this is definitely one of the most underrated games this year. It's good to see it kind of make it this far and you know, even be their game of the year. Um, I definitely think it's in my top three this year. It's going to be interesting. I still haven't really... Confirmed even to like myself what I think is my favorite game this year because I feel like it constantly changes. So yeah, it's just really deserving um, Yeah, the game award showing was a bit poor But that obviously is to be expected considering it's VR. It kind of sucks because you know instantly if your game is VR I right know it's gonna immediately take the sample of the people that can play your game down to um, quite a bare minimum at the moment uh, Yeah, sadly more people need to play Alex. Uh, in time, I imagine more people will. Considering VR, just each year is becoming easier and easier. Now you can literally pick up a Quest Two for what three hundred dollars, and uh, essentially just get a cable. If your PC's up to snuff, you can run it. That's how I played Alex. Actually, it's through my Quest. So yeah, yeah. I know
1: half-life alex now is like the most reviewed uh vr game on steam so yeah it's it's now just taken over beat saber which obviously is a little bit different because beat saber is on multiple platforms but yeah it's now the the most reviewed vr game on steam
0: that's quite really a feat considering see. beat saber almost like it essentially became like a mainstream media vr game like that's like yeah. on popular like well i, I think i saw like People playing on like Jimmy Fallon and shit, like Beat Saber became a phenomenon for VR. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool to see. And, yep. Definitely, hopefully, VR has a good year going into 2021. Uh, still waiting for Valve's next head to, to be announced because I want to buy that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, Ghost of Shima is getting yet another free update that comes in the time of kind of like a holiday, what, time-limited event where you can essentially be playing Ghost of Shima Legends, and they did a collaboration with a bunch of the most popular uh, Sony exclusives, so I know they got one for Shadow the Colossus, Bloodborne. Horizon Zero Dawn, and God of War. Essentially, each class kind of has their own representation um, of a game. So I'll probably put up like a visual image for those watching um, on YouTube right here. Uh, essentially, yeah, as you can see, I'll probably put up like the Kratos one right here. You got the chains around. I'm not sure which class is which. Do you know which one corresponds to which class? Um,
1: so I think Kratos is like the samurai class. The main one, yeah um colossus i think is the ronin yeah Mm -hmm. um aloy is like the the range one like the Archer. archer and assassin is bloodborne is the yeah the assassin one
0: yeah it's really cool see ghosts continue to get free updates i definitely want to go back to legends i know they get they had like the raid i still have yet to even try that yet so i want to go back to that i still need to beat the game though so (laughs) Man, I need to do that some one of these days. Is beat this because I feel like I talk about that every single week. Is that I haven't beaten Ghost. Yeah. So maybe in two weeks I'll have beaten it. That that should be a challenge. So we'll see if I could do that. Uh, definitely want to do that before the end of the year. Yeah, it's just really cool to see. I know I myself probably will go for that. Shot the Colossus one for sure and the Bloodborne one. Uh, did they say what you got to do? Is it just play or did um, you know there were like so survival missions yeah
1: i think it says here like on their tweet um complete any story or survival mission with each class to unlock all four so i guess when you um you beat a mission with that class you'll just unlock the skin uh, it's until the 15th of january so if you own the game just log in and play a mission with your your class that you want to play as and you get the uh the skin for it
0: very very cool stuff over there that's also another game that kind of got shafted to many people at the game awards
1: mm, yeah
0: so good to see it getting another free update and yeah speaking of free updates Strand stranding got a free update in the form of a cyberpunk collaboration here uh essentially if you remember what they did with half-life alex where they had kind of what the Headcrab uh skin for uh sam where he had on top of his head essentially it was kind of like another collaboration for that um, in the form of this, I know they had the face implants for Sam, kind of marking um, what V has on his face, and a lot of the main marketing material, as well as Johnny's silver hands, like robotic arm. That's also another cosmetic that was added. Um, There's also another few mentioned, you know, bowl items that they also added, like Johnny's sunglasses, some other holograms, um, and other more different skins of the sort uh let's see here i believe besides that they said what they had a a new hacking functionality apparently where you can hack enemies that's kind of crazy that they added that in a free update so kojima updating death stranding for free with a cool cyberpunk is this also on um playstation or i'm guessing it's just pc right uh, i'm not sure yeah i i mean i saw the update through
1: steam so mm-hmm. i think it's just pc for now it looks um, like it's it'd be a funny PC, if it's yeah. on playstation
0: then considering you know, it looks it looks better than the actual cyberpunk game but you know yeah. the textures for Johnny <laughs> yeah are more high res and death stranding than they are in the actual game yeah it'd be hilarious so yeah another free update during the holiday season i guess we didn't put this on but uh sarah are not Last week we were talking about Sackboy not getting its free update. Oh and yeah. And lo and behold, this week they announced that I that happened. So I guess you can thank us for kind of manifesting. Yeah, that. we willed it into
1: existence. You know, they're yep. watching the podcast, the guys yep. at Sumo, and they were like, "Man, we really need to wrap up this update. These guys, they're waiting for they're it. Gonna, they're killing us. You know, they they really want this update.
0: <laughs> exactly. So shout out to the boys at Sumo Digital. <laughs> I definitely will be playing that. Maybe we got to do some men along inside that in the next few weeks. Here, gonna play some more of that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, a lot of games to play. We're definitely gonna be busy in the next few weeks. It'll be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I guess going to our main topic of the show here, we got two stories here. The first one, we're gonna talk about our impressions for Back for Blood. Yeah, the closed alpha just started yesterday. It's gonna be going for I believe the course of four to five days. It's from the 17th to the 21st. So yeah, that'd be five days. Uh, essentially, there's no NDA at the moment, so you can stream it, you can watch footage of it, uh, play it, talk to your friends about it. Uh, me and Charlie played a match or so. Um, I played one solo, and I played one with him, so I have, like, two matches under my belt. I think I have, like, a total playtime of two hours. Ultimately, um, I guess I'll start with you, considering, you know, just, yeah, I'll let you yeah. start considering your background with Left 4 Dead and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so far, I th- I think the game is on track to be, Great, like it. You start it up, and it literally even the music in the menu sounds like Left 4 Dead, and you're like, This is li- literally Left 4 Dead 3, aside from the name. Um, and I think that's exactly what everyone wants from it. It's just more of the same, but refined with some better shooting mechanics, sprinting, um, some new infected types with weak points, and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, overall, the initial impressions are really good. Like Brandon, I've played two matches. Um, I've played about two hours. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely going to play some more. I think I'm playing some more tonight with some some friends. Um, and like, there's only one mission to play, but that one mission is pretty good um, throughout. It takes about, 4 I'd say, 40 minutes to an hour to beat. Yeah, it's pretty um, chunky. Yeah, it is pretty decent. I'd say it's probably the length of a, a campaign in Left 4 Dead um but it's like the first act of what seems to be a campaign in the main game um annoyingly there's no um pvp in the alpha which i kind of wanted to try out because i I really enjoyed the pvp in left 4 dead um but hopefully when they do more tests in the future we get to try that out um, because that is a big part of left 4 dead um and also now back for blood i do want to kind of mention before prana goes into his Impressions yeah. is, is like the price. Because um, yeah. I, I think this is probably the one thing that threw me off and threw me for a loop because I, I feel like the entire time leading up to the announcement I was expecting this game to be like a $40 game so like £30 and it's full price so it's, or I guess full price for last gen so $60, £50 Um, and that's for the regular edition, you've got a deluxe edition, you've got an ultimate edition, which is a $100 um, and gets you like a, a season pass. I, I don't know how I feel about that considering the game is six months off and they're already mentioning DLC, especially when 4 Dead 1 and 2 were known for their sheer amounts of free DLC they offered over the years. Um, they offered a lot of free content, so I... I don't know how I feel about them now charging for this, I, I'm i going to say this is more down to WB the publisher, um, and annoyingly I don't think anything like pricing or annual pass stuff will change just because I don't think the game has got a big enough audience to really kick up a fuss on the internet for, for WB to change their mind, um, so it is a shame to see the price of the game but hopefully the content upon release will um, represent that price well and it will be worth that money
0: but we'll see charlie i miss one games were just like one edition now it's like there's a gold ultimate it's, yeah i know I right know. yeah that's one thing at least that cyberpunk did do well is they only had one base version for the game right i mean they had the collector's edition but that's like a you know Mm. standard kind of thing for people that are diehard fans anyways yeah back for blood essentially my thoughts are pretty similar to yours i definitely think that everything regarding the bare bones for this game considering like it's you know gameplay mechanics to how it looks and you know overall the game as a whole feels really solid um it feels like an evolution of left 4 dead honestly like i think honestly like if you would have told me that this was left 4 dead 3 running on source 2 or something like that i would have believed you honestly like it's pretty similar to you know left for dead for obvious reasons so the creators of it yeah i do think the game's overhaul is pretty good highlights for me come in the way of the level design i actually really like like the level detail and the level design it felt pretty you know genuine like that campaign you go through so many different locations in the span of like 45 to an hour um mm. it's very cool um i want to even play it right now just talking about it just to go through it again um very fun uh, I do think that there are some BS mechanics, like, I was talking to you about this, like, one of the most annoying things in Left 4 Dead 2, and Left 4 Dead in general, was when you'd get, like, stuck. I forgot what it, what it was called, but you got, like, webbed up. I don't know if it was, like, webs in Left 4 Dead, but there, you definitely got stuck, you got, like, I grabbed by... I mean, you got by... stuff
1: like the... the uh, I can never remember the names. Who, the, but what the, was the, the one guy that jumps on, you? on yeah, you? Yeah, the
0: clinger guy, yeah. Like, that stuff was annoying in Left 4 Dead, and that stuff's brought back in Black 4 Blood, which... Yeah, it's annoying, but... That's just kind of like, you know, the co-op insanity, I guess. So that's just more of like a nitpick. Um, like you, I do think there were some issues in terms of the balancing. We were talking about this yesterday. AR ammo was very non-existent. Um, I even like, they had like a survey and I even filled it in. I told them like the AR ammo literally is really low considering it's an assault rifle you should have a lot more ammo literally like i think i had like a revolver that had 500 rounds and they were like one shotting a lot of enemies and two shotting other ones so i was good to go i had like 500 bullets in that revolver and then i had like 200 in my ar and it would take like five shots to down one and i'm just like what i could take out like 40 with my ar but i could take out 500 with my revolver like balancing definitely needs to be addressed um I will say like I want to introduce the card system which is pretty cool. That's the Dead, one yes, thing that really yeah. makes it different from Left 4 Dead um in the past is now that you can kind of customize your build based on the cards you have. So if you want to focus on like a melee build, you can pick the cards um in your deck um if they happen to show up randomly, that would kind of put you towards that direction. Um Yeah, so there was one that gave you, like, 2 HP for each melee hit. Um, On a side note, melee does seem a little weird at the moment. Me and Charlie were talking about this. Like, you get hit no matter what. You can't really time it perfectly to, like, hit the infected without taking some health back. So that's kind of a little little nitpick as well Uh, but yeah essentially the card system is really cool it was definitely a highlight I thought it would be kind of annoying I kind of felt like in the beginning oh I just want to play the game I don't want to have to deal with these cards but by the end of the first match as I was you know adding card after card um, it really felt cool to um, be kind of changing the playthrough a bit and seeing how different I would feel as a character just by having different perks on so that was very cool um besides that as you said i think you kind of hit it nail on everything that i don't like about this game at the moment is currently like the future of this game i definitely think that take, you need to take away the season pass and make it free honestly like yeah Left for dev was known for giving you so much free content like how do you take that philosophy from the original and then decide to do a season pass and It's just kind of like, it's so shitty considering that's where the industry has gone since the last time we saw a Left 4 Dead game. Um, That's what the direction they're going to be in. I know that's probably due to the publisher. If the developers could develop develop free content, they would probably. Um, In the ideal situation, I thought this would be like a $40 game with free DLC. Um, So that would feel like the best way to do about things. I never think co-op games should be $60, because it's a really high, you know, price to entry, considering if you want to have a good time with this game, you got to at least have, like, a friend buy it as well. So you're already looking at, like, $120 if you live in the United States. Um, co-op games, to me, are ideally, you know, lower price, considering you need to have multiple people buy the game um, for that experience to be as good as it should be. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it should have been $40, considering, you know, the state that that game is, and it being a co-op game, and it being one that you know, essentially evolves over time. Um, for me, it's more of like a philosophy thing more than a content thing. I'm totally fine if they have like four campaigns for uh, $40. That'd be fine. But yeah, you know, this is the developers that have evolved so they know for sure how shitty a game can like, how good of a game can be turned into like bad PR due to like microtransactions yeah, yeah. and um, stuff like that. that I think they were even, I know I was watching Tyler's stream last night and they were even talking about that. So I definitely think this is all due to publishers, um, you know, WB completely kind of forcing their hand. Oh, we need to make it $60 because that's what games are priced at. So yeah, it's kind of shitty, you know, nothing's really going to be done unless some big, massive, you know, controversy would happen, which is not going to happen considering no one really cares for this game that, you know, is on the scale of what what Star Wars Battlefront that had that whole loot box controversy. Nothing's going to yeah. be something as big as that. So it's a good game, but yeah, there are some kind of scary uh, realities in the form of how expensive this game is and the future DLC plans that kind of have me off. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think my main hope is that it being $60 means we don't have microtransactions. Uh, if that's the trade-off, then fine um warner brothers have obviously had a pretty bad track record with microtransactions most notably shadow of war yeah. um so let's hope they learned from their lessons from adding and removing that from the game i uh, looking over at like the pre-order bonuses it does make me worried that there is going to be microtransactions like it mentions weapon skin packs there's a character skin pack, like. I am worried there is going to be a cosmetic store. Normally that stuff doesn't bother me, but when a game like this is (laughs) full price and they're talking about season passes, especially when there's so many games now that are free um, and have stores, um, it's, yeah, it is sad to see. Hopefully the game will, you know, be able to support that price tag. I'm sure it'll be good. Um... But yeah, hopefully it can justify me paying that much money. Um, And over time, it'll just get better. Uh, But it is going to be a tough one to convince friends to buy if they're not already interested, I think. Yeah, $60 is is a big deal. It is a a hefty entry cost to get your friends playing, especially if they're then going to say, hey, if you want to play the new DLCs with your mates, you all need to own it. Um, Because games like Vermintide, which is similar and costs... Like, uh, £25, $30. Only one of you needs to own the DLC packs for that. And then you all get access to it. Um, So, we'll see. But overall, I'm enjoying it. There's, like, performance issues and stuff. But, you know, it came out of pre-alpha yesterday. Uh, Like, that stuff's bound to happen.
0: Six months before uh, launch, yeah.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, for an alpha, it runs decently. So you know, I've I've played games that run worse. So exactly. hopefully um, by launch they'll have they'll have ironed out a lot of stuff and they'll listen to the community and balance out a lot of the problems. Because I think a lot of the problems we've had, most people are having, um, like animations. There's some animations that are just not in the alpha. Like you do certain things and it just doesn't do anything. Like ladders are also kind of broken. There. Yeah, ladders just, like, are broken. Off the ladder. <laughs> um, like when you use a meg kit. Um, they don't wrap a bandage around their arm. They just wrap the entire med kit box around your arm. Um, like when you turn a valve for like an objective, they just stand so. there because uh, they haven't put the animations in yet. That kind of stuff is fine because you know oh, it'll just be there by launch, and I understand they're just it's it's in alpha stage. Um, but yeah, I'm sure a lot of that stuff will get ironed out. But as long as they listen to what the community wants, I feel like the game will do well. So
0: yes, they just need to. You kind of like I would just want to end off on one thing like as you were talking about like microtransactions. i know the confirmer is not going to be cards that are sold separately so at least on a yeah. gameplay per- perspective um they're not going to divide the community on like perks and stuff um yeah as you said like there needs to be a balance in terms of how you monetize a game you can't have a 60 dollars game then sell a season pass and sell microtransactions like that shit's crazy you gotta have like what a 30 dollars game that sells you know you could sell like I don't know expansions I guess even though that's kind of if it depends on the game it's honestly depending on the game I think you could have looked at Left 4 Dead's past in terms of how well that game was and how well the community kind of supported it I don't know how you go off in this direction at all so yeah hopefully they figure their shit out uh there's six months the feedback's coming in as much you know as how as much as the developers can honestly do because obviously that is a corporate decision and dependent on their publisher so yeah (laughs) Wishing for the best in that game's future. I'm looking forward to play more. Mandalorian season two. Yeah, so we figured we'd take the chance to talk about this. Me and Charlie's been watching season two. It just finished up last night. Uh, essentially, yeah, ended off on quite a big episode. Since Justin isn't here, we figured we'd take a time to talk about it. There's also really not much else going on besides you know what we've already talked about. So I don't know how you wanted to introduce this. Did you want to talk about the season as a whole or just the finale or? Would yeah, wanna... I
1: guess we could just sort of talk about what we thought of the season and then kind of go into spoiler territory. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I overall, like, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I should probably start off with that. Um, mm-hmm. I love basically everything Star Wars, except for a few minor <laughs> minor things, uh, like the new trilogy. But uh, overall, I am a big fan of the series. I really enjoyed the first season, so I was very much looking forward to this one. Um, overall, I think the season was great. I do have a few gripes with the show, mainly going towards the the end of the season. It does some stuff um, with the writing and, and the way the story goes that... It's not really the direction I want them to go in, um, but I'm still gonna stick with it and I'm interested to see where they're going with the series and Star Wars as a whole. Because Mandalorian has kind of been the stepping stone for this new era of Star Wars with all these new shows and um, movies and things. So hopefully this is the start of a a new era that is less controversial (laughs) and more just fun star wars stuff because that's that's what star wars has been about so yeah but overall i i really enjoyed the season
0: yeah same here uh to compare it to season one i definitely think like it was an improvement from season one considering like i don't know i feel like a lot more stuff came off as memorable this season as well as each episode Mm -hmm. almost like a movie i uh obviously like my background i watched pretty much like all the movies, right? I haven't watched any like the animated shows like *Clone Wars* or *Rebels*. I'm also not okay. really into like the fandom crazily as much. Like, I'm not digging into like the lore and shit. Um, I thought it was really enjoyable, honestly. I do feel like. I liked the Mandalorian for it being like a contained adventure. So when they started adding in all these iconic characters, I was like, this is kind of turning into a general Star Wars story now. Like at the very yeah. end of the finale of season two, it almost just felt like generic Star Wars again. Um, besides obviously the story of, you know, the Jedi versus, um, or the Republic versus the new order fucking stormtrooper shit. Um, yeah. Honestly, I do think that the story was really good in terms of how they kind of, Gave context of why they're here in terms of like Boba Fett wanting his armor back in terms of you know the dart saber with um, what bo katan and ultimately you know Luke coming in to get Grogu or Grogu um, as you know with the last Jedi. So that was really cool to see. Um, I am interested in knowing where the future of the series does go, considering how they ended it because they ended it off with, you know, obviously the mission kind of being completed in terms of Grogu is now, you know, with Luke and, um, you know, essentially Mandalorian's kind of quest is done. They were teasing the fact that Darth Vader needs to be won in battle, so I essentially believe that will probably be the next story with Mando. They are doing a Season 3, right? Like, it's not going to turn into the so, Boba Fett show.
1: So, interestingly, um, they obviously announced a while back Season 3 was a thing, and... Um, mm-hmm. It hasn't started production yet, unlike Season 2, which started production while Season 1 was coming out. Um, so that's why it was like able to come out when it did. Um, they did say in the the investor meeting they had the other day that the next chapter of The Mandalorian would be December next year, which is when the Boba Fett thing is meant to be coming out. So a lot of people are assuming that Season 3 of Mandalorian is coming a bit later and we're going to get this Boba Fett spin-off limited series, or whatever it's gonna be, movie thing, um, it's kind of like a stopgap in between seasons, just to see what's going on with Boba Fett and, uh, uh Fennec, I think her name is, mm-hmm. um, over at Jabba's Palace, which, I gotta say, that's probably my favourite scene of the, the, the whole season, I'll be honest, like, cool I absolutely love that scene, yeah. That iconic um, staircase and all that, yeah. The, the staircase is literally shot for shot, like, Return of the Jedi, Instead of kicking him down, he, he shoots him. I like, yeah. That, I was watching it at work with, with some workmates and I kind of freaked out <laughs> when that fear happened. Um, so, stuff like that, I'm very excited for. But, yeah, I, I'm. This is the thing where I'm like, I don't know the direction of the show. Um, like, it was cool to see Luke, but I don't know if Mandalorian was the place for it. Um, I've said. To friends from the start of this show, that the reason I liked it is that it is a separate, contained story, like you kind of touched on, mm-hmm. um, that it's not connected to the the core cool Skywalker saga, because there are so many more interesting stories to tell when you split off from that. Um, and the first season had that problem where they would they could not get out of the outer rim, like they were constantly going back to iconic locations like Tatooine, and it just you didn't need to do that um like we've seen that planet enough times like show me something new um and i think that's why season two is a lot better like they go to a lot of new locations we haven't seen before um but yeah luke's appearance is a weird one because like i said it's really cool to see him but for me personally i would have much preferred to have somebody else show up um i'm interested to see what it means for the new trilogy going forward, whether they're retconning stuff, I like. I don't really know what their, their plan is because now having Grogu in the hands of Luke, what does that mean for the Jedi Temple and Kylo destroying the temple? Like, was Grogu there? Because as far as we know in the canon right now, he wasn't. Like, there was only a few students and they kind of went after Kylo and died. Um, so I think it'd be kind of anticlimactic if it turns out that Color just like <laughs> chopped off Grogu's head or something, and then was like, "I'm out." So I, I don't really know what their plan is for for him going forward. Whether they're gonna change the timeline. I was talking to some friends earlier that I I kind of want them to just retcon the new trilogy. Um, they've kind of I I know you haven't like watched Rebels or Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. They've they've kind of gone into the idea of space and time travel within Star Wars in Rebels. Um, It was a big thing towards the end of that show with Thrawn and Ezra, which again they kind of teased early in the season with Ahsoka, Um, and will probably eventually tie in with all these these other shows. Um, And I I would like to see them maybe dabble into that again with Grogu, because he's meant to be so powerful, maybe he can see visions of the future and that kind of thing. I think it'd be really interesting if they were to say, hey, we messed up with the new trilogy. What if Grogu knows about Kylo and can warn Luke and it changes everything that happened? I don't think that would happen in a million years because Disney pumped so much money into those films and characters. But for me, that would that would be the way to go because there's a lot of problems with those films. And if you're just to go and redo it, I think that would be a great way. Um... But yeah, I I don't know what the direction is, but I'm very excited to see where it goes. Honestly,
0: yeah, it's kind of crazy how like I remember after watching the new trilogy, which I didn't really like the movies. They all have like their own issues for me. Um, yeah, it was cool to see how like Mandalorian, as you said, was like the stepping stone, and like now it feels like this the universe is almost as vibrant as ever before with all these shows coming out. Um, the quality of Mandalorian makes me realize just how much the new trilogy was such a disappointment. Yeah, considering how lackluster that finale was with the last episode and everything like mandalorian has kind of saved the ip for me i like a year ago i had or like right before um mandalorian i had like such negative thoughts about you know this like the ip in general and i just really couldn't care for it but mandalorian's kind of brought that back so it'll be interesting um the boba fett story i'm not sure if i'm really looking forward to that like Boba Fett is a really iconic character, but he's not, like, super in-depth. Like, he just looks cool. Like, he's an iconic character (laughs) because he's badass and he looks cool. It's not like he has some, like, deep inter, you know, personal issues and communications with, like, a bunch of other characters that has, like, such a cool story with him. Like, sure, like, everything they did with this season was really cool with him, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do under, like, the writers we have right now, but i don't know if we need a whole new series of them currently but we'll see how that goes i do think it's weird how they just announced mandalorian season or they reconfirmed mandalorian season three for next december and now this is saying next december like it's almost like the book of boba fett is supposed to be the mandalorian season three but i'm not sure
1: that yeah that's that's the kind of thing i got from it some people are saying maybe that is the next storyline for mandalorian is the book of boba fett because why would the, you put the, that at th-
0: the end of mandalorian it's almost like yeah, Mandalorian's no longer continuing um,
1: so but it, as well the font they use for that is the same as like the chapter font at the the same of the thing and obviously chapters are from books and this is now called the book of Boba Fett so is it going to be like that was the first book was about uh Din Djarin um the Mandalorian and then is the second book about Boba Fett um I don't know cuz I feel like there's still a lot of story to tell with with Jin now having the um the dark which is a very big deal um And whether he is now going to go back to Mandalore. Because he kind of said to Bo-Katan that he would. Uh, That was kind of the promise he made. He was like, look, I'll get you back the Saber. And she's like, well, you need to think about coming back home, basically. Um, And I I, I honestly don't know where they're going with that. I thought it was really cool that um, Moff basically lost the fight on purpose. To try and create this kind of friction between Bo and Mando. Because he knew that. Mando would not have a clue about how the Darksaber works
0: because it is, like, once you win in he combat... Is you is easily the most interesting character. Like, during that finale, like, he's so wise and calm. Like, I don't yes. know. Yeah. All his characters are always so interesting that he plays as. They, I
1: mean, he's such a great actor. He, he brings yeah. so much to his role. Just his presence alone is is really interesting. So I hope they do more with his character. Mm-hmm. Um especially because in season one he teased that he knew a lot about mandalore and we still don't even really know how he got the dark saber like it's he just kind of had it like there's like a 30-year a gap in the timeline where we don't know what happened with the saber so there's a lot of story to tell there so hopefully they explain some of that in the future but like overall i think they did a good job i i do have some nitpicks where uh, I, I feel this, the story has a few problems where they will tend to... It's almost like they were writing the story and went, we want this to happen, so let's make the characters do something that they haven't been doing this whole season just so we get this scene, which is what happened with the new trilogy, and that is one of the problems I have with the, the new trilogy, and that characters do things that just don't really make sense. Um... The, the main one for, like, the finale for me is when he steps off the ship and he's got the the spear. And immediately in my mind, I was like, oh, he's using that to because he's going to fight Moth. But in every single episode this season, he has not once taken it with him. Like, he's always left it on the ship. Like, once he got it, he left it on the ship. Once he fought with Boba Fett, he left it on the ship. So, like, I, I don't understand why he's suddenly like, oh, I'll take it now. You know, well, didn't he case... need it?
0: Because the dark saber cuts for everything besides true. Uh, what was it called? Burst. Pure beskar. beskar. Yeah. So,
1: but they they never say that. <laughs> like the, she, she, did, the, she, so finale, right? she she mentions the she mentions the finale right. She mentions the dark saber, but she's never like, oh, you should take that spear you you got the you got off that woman, and she had one. Cause why not? Like that's the problem. Where it's like, why did that other person have a pure beskar spear? for any other reason than to fight a lightsaber. Like it it's stuff like that that it doesn't really make sense. Like there's no real good explanation for it. Um there's nothing to the extent of the new trilogy yet. <laughs> like yeah. there are some really bad ones in in those films. And luckily the show has not reached that point, but I feel like towards the end of this season it got a little bit worse with that, and so I hope that once they start bringing in other writers and showrunners because I know Dave and John are not going to be heading up all the spin-off shows um, but hopefully it keeps up the same momentum without dropping in quality. Um, like I said overall it's still really good it's just there's a few little bits you can you can nitpick about it.
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens the future of Star Wars and all that. I definitely think mm. Mandalorian's you know story isn't done yet considering oh, yeah, the sure. massive gun they put on the table at the very end with you know the Darksaber, so i mean they could obviously say what happens in like a different show you know that they're planning so who knows i definitely think this isn't the end just pure like marketing you know mandalorian is such a big name right now you don't end that season two like they'll yeah. have a season three easily so it'll be interesting to see when that comes out and yeah I guess that has been it for this week's episode of Critically Incorrect. Once again, I want to remind you to send in questions for the next episode, which will most likely be in two weeks' time from now, our last episode here in 2020. So, yeah, I appreciate you all for watching throughout the end of the video, and we will see you in the next episode. Take care. Peace. See you later.